0: are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Benny Johnson with one second to go. He's shot it's good. He seven, seven seconds. Detroit basketball. The deal. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at kuka hill NBA. find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. You can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. And like I let you guys know at the beginning of every episode, I was a credential media member for the 2019-2020 seasons. That kind of makes me a big deal. Uh, for today's episode, there's a quite a few things we're going to talk about today. A lot of little quick hitters. We're going to talk about Jeremy Grant possibly returning soon in one of these upcoming games. We're going to talk about a little sad story possibly going on with one of the Pistons players uh, on the roster right now. And then I'll also give my prediction for the Pistons record over their final six games I believe they have. I'll give my prediction of how they'll end up there. But first, we have three offseason related things I want to hit on real quick. So first thing is we're going to go ahead and check on... This Minnesota Timberwolves game, I'm recording this the night of May 5th, I just checked on Twitter right before I went this and recorded this, that Anthony Edwards, I saw he had 37 points at that time, so the Timberwolves are one of those teams jockeying with the Pistons for a high pick in this lottery, so let's go see if the Timberwolves were able to help the Pistons out and win this game, I saw it was a close game, Uh, let's check it out, and oh my god, no, the Timberwolves were not able to pull this out, they lost by 4 points man, John Morant couldn't just chill out, he had 37 and 10 assists. Andy Edwards did do his part. He tried to help the Pistons out. He dropped 42 points. So, all right, never mind. That didn't help the Pistons as much. They lost. The Pistons still hold a lead over them right now in the lottery. But it would have been better if the Timberwolves won. Uh, next thing, we're gonna go ahead. Every so often for the next few weeks, I'm going to just randomly hit this lottery simulator, and we're going to go ahead and click it right now. See what the Pistons head up. So I clicked it, it's rolling, it's rolling, and we get probably one of the worst outcomes, actually the worst outcome we could have got here. So first overall pick, we got Toronto, which by the way, I don't know what's going on with these lotteries, almost every single one I've seen you guys do, anyone anyone I've seen do on NBA Twitter, Toronto's always jumping up. I just don't know if they deserve this type of look, they they just won a championship, I'm just not sure if they absolutely need this, I I don't get why this keeps happening, but Toronto's one, then we got Houston two. We got Orlando jumping up three spots and going to go into three. Then we got Chicago jumping up three spots, going to four, somehow keeping their pick. I believe their pick is top, what, five protected in that Orlando trade? So they jump up and end up keeping their pick. And then the Pistons fall three spots to number five. Now, actually, I don't know if that actually is the worst outcome. I think the worst outcome is falling to six. But fifth is, like, damn near close. That 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 is probably, like, the next closest – actually, not probably. That is the next closest – worst outcome that we could get here so hopefully that like does not happen if this were to work out this way from what i've been hearing that this draft is like really stacked top five and then it takes a little bit of a drop off so i guess the pistons still would secure one of their top five players that everyone's talking about but even then to fall from two to five would be absolutely heartbreaking and i already told you guys the status of my life will be determined by the results of the pistons draft lottery If if the pistons fall in the lottery again like I'm not talking, like, maybe if they go from two to three, okay. Or, like, three to four, maybe. Like, if something like that happens, okay. I won't, nothing nothing serious will happen. But if they drop three spots, man, it's just, I I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I can keep going, man. I I don't know how I can keep watching the team. I don't know how I'll be able to keep going throughout the offseason knowing that we fell again, as usual. But... Whatever. That's two other things I want to talk about. Somehow, semi related to the offseason, the Minnesota Timberwolves game that could affect the Pistons, the offseason that they would have won, but sadly, they lost right before I started this podcast in the draft simulator. And then also, I had someone ask me on Twitter, or at least mention to me on Twitter, a few days ago, and I completely forgot about it. But it is an interesting topic that I've seen some people float around a little bit. I think I can't maybe kind of hit on it in like my first week on here, but I don't think I really went in depth about it. So we're going to go a little bit in depth on it. And they basically asked, are there any untouchables on the Pistons roster? And it kind of shocked me to see some of the answers that people were giving. Some people had like a few players, like some of the young players. Some of them had Jeremy Grant, one of them. Like it was all over the place. And for me, it's like there's no untouchable on this team. And for me, honestly, the way I believe is that I honestly don't think there's a single untouchable player in the entire NBA like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, no matter who you are. I don't care if you're Luca, I don't care if you're LeBron, Steph. I don't care who you are. Everyone has an asking price. Everyone has has a bar that if you meet it, you can get traded. Now, obviously, some players' bars are so extremely high, it's almost impossible to meet them. But every player has a bar. If you go to the Golden State Warriors and, like, you offer them the next 10 first-round picks, they're taking that deal for Steph Curry. I think they're taking that, man. If you offered them your next 10 first-round picks... For Steph Curry, they're taking that. Everyone has a bar to meet. So there's not one single untouchable player in the NBA. But for the purpose of this question, obviously they're not being that extreme. Obviously, I hope most people believe every player has a bar that can be met. But specifically for this Pistons team, not to be that extreme. I just don't see like how you can think any player on this business team is untouchable. So we'll go through like some of the options that obviously are probably like, towards the top of people's list when they talk about this. And man, I don't know what's going on. My mouth keeps watering, bro. It's hurting. It's hurting to talk. I keep trying, keep trying to catch my breath, but my God, I don't know what's happening there. Might have to get a mint real quick. But anyways, some of the people at the top of the list. So let's go ahead and go with Isaiah Stewart to start off. Isaiah Stewart. He's been a good young, young player this year. He's been a good rookie. He's shown massive improvement throughout the season. However, is he untouchable? Absolutely not. Isaiah Stewart is not LeBron James. He does not come out here and look like LaMelo Ball. He hasn't came out here and looked like, uh, who else had, like, absurd rookie season? I'm just, like, spitballing here. I can't even think of, like, Derrick Rose, MVP. Like, I don't know. He's not, like, doing anything like that to the point where you're like, oh, if we trade him, our franchise, we're sending our franchise back few steps. He's not that. He's someone you would... I'm assuming they would probably not like to trade him, but he is definitely the furthest thing from untouchable. He's He can be traded. I already said this a few podcasts ago. I wouldn't be surprised if multiple of these young players were traded in the next two years. Like, Troy River shows that he's very aggressive. So, Isaiah Stewart, I don't see how you'd call him untouchable. So, then we'll go to the next person on this list. I'm assuming would be Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes, he may, like... He may be, like, the closest one, I think. If you if you made me pick one, maybe Killian Hayes or Sadiq Bay would probably be two of the closest ones to Untouchable. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Jeremy Grant would probably go ahead of them, but he's older, so maybe they would be more willing to listen to the offer. I don't know. Either way, I don't think any of them Untouchable. But Killian obviously has a lot of potential. He's flashed potential. He's also struggled a lot, but he has tremendous potential. Uh, but I just don't see why the Pistons wouldn't trade him if an offer came for him either. He is, the offers would probably be bad for him right now because he hasn't had a great rookie season, which isn't really important to the Pistons as much. But if like some team came calling, I, there's not going to be a good offer anyways. So, But he's not untouchable. He can get get. Like, he can also be traded. Jeremy Grant, like I just said, they probably—he's probably he's probably—actually, I take that back about killing. I think Jeremy probably is the closest one to Untouchable because of the reason he signed to Detroit and the relationship he has with Troy Weaver and the organization. So he's probably the closest one. But even then, like if you're telling me a team comes up to the Pistons and says, hey, we'll give you three first-round picks for Jeremy Grant and a young player. You don't think they're doing that? Or even two first-round picks and a young player. They're not doing that? They're, they're going to pull the trigger on that trade. Every player has an asking price. And I'm not going to keep going through the players because at this point it's just going to be repetitive. Like Sadiq Bey, same same scenarios. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, same thing with there. Uh, Frank Jackson, same thing there. Josh Jackson, same thing there. Redacted, same thing there. It's just I don't see how any player on this team has played well enough or good enough for a team that's in a rebuild. When you're in a rebuild, no one's untouchable, specifically. Like if you're a title contender, okay, obviously – There's a like I said, there's a bar for each player, but obviously like the Lakers aren't going around asking for LeBron to be traded, so like obviously that's not going to happen. But specifically for a team in a rebuild, there's nobody that's untouchable unless you have like a blue chip prospect like Cade Cunningham. Let's say they get Cade, he's not going to be he's going to be pretty damn close to untouchable because you finally got your blue chip prospect. But outside of that, when you're a rebuilding team, no one's untouchable and anyone can get had if if you offer enough. Everyone has a bar to meet and everyone on the Pistons team. Can be traded i don't i don't see how anyone could think that any of them are untouchables but like i said later on in the show we're going to talk a little bit about uh jeremy grant returning possibly soon in the next few days according to some reports that we got we're going to talk a little bit about a sad story going on with one of the Pistons players and the rest that i think people have forgotten about also i'll give my prediction for the pistons final six or seven games i think it is and then also a little tiny thing we're going to talk about is David Savitas and whether he should be getting minutes and why isn't he getting in minutes. But before we even get into any of that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-suited guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of a guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. According to this research, just 30 days of Headspace lowers stress by 32%, and just four sessions can reduce burnout by 14%. Only three weeks of use with Headspace has shown to cut aggressions to negative feedback by a whopping 57%. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime and anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is a meditation made simple. Go to Headspace.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's Headspace.com slash LockedOnMBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best year offered right now. Head to Headspace.com slash LockedOnMBA today. So, it's being reported that we may begin the return of Jeremy Grant in the next few days, not in today's game on... May 6th against the Memphis Grizzlies, but it is being reported that we may see the return of Jeremy Grant on Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, last podcast, I believe I did, one of you guys asked me to predict how many games Jeremy would continue to play if the team would continue to like completely sit all their veterans, and I believe I came back and said to you guys that he'd only play two games. That would be my prediction. He'd play two games the rest of the year. Now, the two games I picked, I don't believe are right. Could I believe I said that he'd play today against the Grizzlies and then he'd go and play against the Timberwolves, I think it was, or the Nuggets? I think, yeah, I think I said at, at first glance, I said Grizzlies and Nuggets, and that was my prediction, but I did say two games. Now, he's still he's going to miss today's game against the Grizzlies, but they're saying he may come back against the 76ers on Saturday. That means that my two-game prediction is still still out there. It can still be true. I can still be right about that, just not about the game specifically, but it it can still be two games. Anyways, if Jeremy were to return on Saturday against the 76ers, I don't know that obviously as long as the 76ers play like all of their players and don't take the Pistons lightly and just like say, hey, uh, Joel Embiid, hey, Ben Simmons, just don't even play today. Don't just don't even show up. Hey, Tobias, don't even show up to today's game. Like as long as they don't do nothing like that, It should not hurt the tank at all. And honestly, I'm kind of mad at myself looking at this schedule right now. because I probably should have known that they would pick the 76ers because they're obviously very strategically tanking these final games. They want to get high in this draft lottery. So I should have known that they wouldn't have played him against the Grizzlies because him playing against the Grizzlies actually could help the Pistons win that game. Him playing against the 76ers isn't going to change the outcome of that game as long as the 76ers show up and play basketball. Like As long as they do that, they're going to beat the Pistons whether they have Jeremy or not. So I should have known that they would pick the 76ers. And now looking at the schedule again, like I said, I believe I said the Nuggets game, and that one makes sense because even with Jeremy Grant, like I said, they're still not going to beat the Denver Nuggets. So I don't think he's going to play against the Bulls after the 76ers game. It's a back-to-back on Saturday. So Saturday, Sunday goes 76ers, then Bulls, I don't think he was playing the second half of that back-to-back against the Bulls. I don't think he's going to play against the Timberwolves. We got, that's going to be a crucial game right there for the Pistons in the, in this tank, tank-a-thon right now because that's like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. The Timberwolves and the Pistons are right there next to each other, back-to-back slots, two, three. And the Pistons need to lose that game. They need to out-tank the Timberwolves. And I've been in a couple locker room, rooms, and like I've told you guys many times, make sure you guys go and download that. It's an amazing app to have fun and just talk with people about. But a few locker rooms I've been involved in with the, some of these Pistons guys, Duncan Smith, uh... This historian of history itself, Keith, and all these other Piston fans, etc. One of the things that was mentioned is that the Timberwolves may actually be trying to win more games down the road. I mean, down the season. Okay, let me rephrase that. They may be trying to win more games to finish the season. My God, Coop. My mouth is like, I don't get why it's so watery right now. But anyways, they may actually be trying to finish out the season on a higher note than the Pistons are trying to do. Because they're trying to convince the cat that this team actually has some kind of functional ability. Like they got D'Angelo Russell healthy right now playing with Cat, they got Anthony Edwards there as well. They may be trying to prove to Cat, who at some point is going to ask for a trade. At some point he's going to get out of So I refuse to believe that he's just gonna sit there while this team continues to be trashed, even though I believe some of it has to do with the fact that he's awful on defense, but that's another topic for another day. He's not going to remain in Minnesota and to continue to lose his whole career. And at some point, they have to show this man that they're going to win and they have a winning roster and they're showing potential of something. So they may have more like an actual reason to try to win some meaningless games of what Pistons fans would call it, meaningless games. It's not so meaningless to them. They're trying to convince their franchise star that there's stuff here to believe in and build around. So the Pistons, the Pistons may get a lucky break right there. The Timberwolves may actually try to win that game. And there's no reason the Pistons should try to hurt their chances at all with playing Jeremy Grant. So good idea by the Pistons to play Jeremy Grant on Saturday if he does, in fact, come back Saturday. It's just a report. We don't know for sure yet, but it's it's all looking like he's going to come back and play on Saturday. So good decision by the Pistons. I don't think that's going to change the outcome of that game. And I should have been on top of that. Really should have. Kind of disappointed. But if Jeremy Grant does indeed come back on Saturday and however many games he plays after that, if it is only one game or if it's multiple games after that, if he comes back and he just decides to play the rest of the year, no matter how many games he ends up playing, something that I think people need to watch for and I'm going to be watching for. And like I've told you guys in the last podcast, I'm not getting any more in-depth about this, but it is a topic. I'm just bringing it up. It's something that people are going to be watching for for sure. Is the minutes that Redacted gets once Jeremy comes back to finish out the season. Because the main thing that's been happening for Redacted is the fact that he's been getting consistent minutes and that's leading to him playing a little bit better. He himself even talked about this. I quoted this tweet from Rod Beard of the Detroit News who tweeted this out. I believe he tweeted it out last night or two nights ago on the 4th. And I quoted it on the 5th. It's a quote from Redacted about how he scored his season high of 20 points and how he's been getting consistently more minutes. And the first thing he says is, quote-unquote, I know that I'm going to play. Again, I'll say it again. He said, "I know that I'm going to play. Just have to take advantage of that and be ready. I know the coach is going to put me in no matter what happens. So like I've been saying all season, getting consistent minutes, knowing you'll be able to play out there, increases your confidence. because you know that you're not going to be pulled over every mistake? So I think something that should at least be watched for for the rest of the season whenever Jeremy Grant plays is whether or not that or whether or not redacted, I should say, is going back, to inconsistent minutes or are we going to see more tyler cook out of nowhere because let's let's be frank it wouldn't be shocking okay we've seen it happen already where like he'll play redacted will play well and then he'll go all of a sudden without getting minutes out of nowhere and, and, and tyler cook will start playing minutes or jeremy will play like 35 minutes out of nowhere I highly doubt it happens. It seems like they're, Dwayne Casey's completely on board with the tank. He seems to understand what needs to be happening right now. But it's still a subject to watch for. I think I think once he comes back, once Jeremy Grant comes back, and if he does play in multiple games to finish the season out, it'll be something worth monitoring. Just to see how much that cuts into Redacted's minutes and see if that hurts him at all or if he can still play with the same aggressiveness. Obviously, you hope that doesn't take away from his aggressiveness. He still is given that little bit of a longer leash, but we'll see what happens. I think it's just something to watch for. No biggie. No biggie at all. No biggie. Just something to watch for a little bit. You're looking for some extra storylines to watch down the season to keep you engaged. That's one to watch for. But anyways, coming up, we're going to talk about the sad story that I think people are forgetting about on this Pistons roster, it's kind of sad what's going on with them. But we're going to talk about that. Then we'll also talk a little bit about David Savitas and why he hasn't gotten any minutes and whether he should get minutes. And then I'll give my prediction for the final game for the Pistons season, what they'll finish. But first, let me tell you about a couple more of our sponsors. First off, Bet Online AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and MOB are all in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. online, your online sportsbook experts. And then also let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, Rock Auto. You ever need a part for your car, head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning with their workers, just for one of them to then come back and tell you that you don't have the part that you're looking for. I know I have. Many times I've had to go to the store over this bum car I got. That's why you should avoid all these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, RockAuto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand using your phone at RockAuto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or make a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Once again, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com like I told you guys, we're going to talk about a sad story going on with the Pistons right now. People have forgotten about it. People probably don't really care about it. But for me, at least, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a caring person. I'm a, I'm a nice guy, and I kind of feel bad for him. And that's Dennis Smith Jr. Now, I know when he first got here, there were a lot of people, including myself, who pretty much said that he's not really that good anyways. I don't really care about it. We really just made this trade for the second-round pick. I don't really care about Dennis Smith Jr. But then he arrived, and he actually played a lot better than we thought he'd play. So then it was kind of like, okay, well, nice to see for that for Dennis. Let's see if he continues to play well. It's nice to see him play well. We like watching good basketball. And then maybe he can use this to, you know, stay in the league. And he then followed that up with missing the last 13 games of all the Pistons games. And that is just, it it's really sucks for him. Obviously, I think a lot of us who were knowledgeable on the topic and, and honestly knew, like, what was going on here, Knew that Dennis Smith Jr. did not have any kind of a future with the Pistons. He just didn't. It was not. It didn't make sense. If he did play really good and was able to like show that he belong in the league, there's no re- reason that he would come back to the Pistons and be like their third or fourth guard. It would make no sense. He, he wouldn't want to do that. And the Pistons already have multiple guards along with who they possibly draft in this upcoming draft and who they want to sign in free agency. There's just no room for here. There, it made no sense. He, he didn't have a future here. But... The hope was, at least for Dennis, and Troy River was cool to do this for him and give him this opportunity, was that he could use this team and situation kind of like Josh Jackson did with Memphis last year. Use it to springboard himself into getting a prove-it deal with another team and hopefully play really well like Josh has for the Pistons. Uh, That was looking like what Dennis was going to do for him. So it looked like he was going to be able to get himself a prove-yourself contract from a team in the offseason before he missed the next 13 games. And I think that's really hurt him. And I don't know, like, what's going to happen now with him. I don't know if he's going to get that contract. I don't know if any team's really going to want to give him a prove-it deal. He was looking really good. Not, I won't say really good. Let me let me not troll. Not really good. But he was looking a lot better than people thought. And he was showing a lot of lot of improvements as he played, as the games went on with the Pistons. He started to show his assessment a little bit was coming back. He started shooting a little bit, a little bit better than people thought he would shoot it. He was just overall playing a lot better, and his defense was really good, honestly. Defense he actually was really good on. But then, like I said, he's missed the last 13 games. But I just don't know if teams are really going to give him a prove-it deal over, what, like, 9, 10 games where he played decent for the Pistons. I just don't know if any team's going to do that, and it really sucks, because it looked like he was bordering on and heading towards getting that prove-it deal from a team and remaining in the NBA. I'm sure he'll remain in the NBA somewhat, possibly. But it, just, it doesn't look like he's going to get that same chance that he was trying to get when he first got traded to the Pistons. And it, it kind of sucks. It's its sad. Like I said, he may not have a future with the Pistons, but I'm a nice guy and caring guy, you feel me? And it's just kind of sad to see that happen. You know, Injuries robbed him of what he could have possibly been. Maybe he wouldn't have been that good off top, but injuries robbed him of what he could have been. And now injuries seem to have robbed him again of his last real chance, I'm going to assume of proving that he belongs in the NBA as a real contributor, which really sucks for him because he's still young. So whatever. It's kind of sad, but whatever. I'm sure a lot of you guys don't really care because he doesn't have a future with the Pistons. But I just thought that was a pretty sad story to talk about. But anyways, next we're going to talk about David Savitas' minutes. So we talked about this a few podcasts ago, and I said, hey. Actually, I think I did." Th- we talked about this when Hal came on the podcast and when he was my guest. And we talked about, hey, why not just give Savita some minutes? Obviously, the team's tanking. We don't know literally anything about this dude. He just signed a multi-year contract with the Pistons. We literally know nothing about him. The Pistons invested a lot into him. They traded multiple second-round picks to trade up and get him. So you think that a team that invested somewhat into him would at least give him like some run when they're tanking down the season like when they don't care about winning they're actively trying to lose games you figure that we at least get to see hey let's see what this guy looks like the dude that we just invested multiple second round picks into and a multi-year deal into let's see what he looks like and i thought it was like a sure thing i thought absolutely we were going to see like rotational minutes for him and we just haven't got that so like over the past what is this uh 7 games over the last no over the last 9 games he hasn't he's only played in 2 of these games And it doesn't make sense. And one of the games he played 2 minutes and 41 seconds. And the next game he played was against Charlotte. Not this past one they lost him. But the one from from the 1st of May. When he played only 7 minutes and 52 seconds. And especially this last game against Charlotte. Figuring like almost like even more people out. Because Josh Jackson also sat this game. And who knows. I think I'm pretty sure I saw that Hami is also out for the game today. Against the Memphis Grizzlies. Along with Josh Jackson. So maybe today he gets minutes. Hopefully he gets minutes today. I don't know why he hasn't been given minutes. Like I said, it makes sense to like, just give it to him now because they're not trying to win and they don't really care about it and they want to see what they get from all these young players. I don't see why he would be like one of the only ones not to get like this chance. It doesn't make no sense because we literally, like I said, we literally know nothing about this dude. And you figured that we'd want to know something. So I I, I don't know. I, it doesn't make sense to me why he hasn't gotten minutes yet. But I guess it kind of makes, makes sense or I think we're going to see him tonight at least. I, I, it makes sense to. Josh is also going to be out. Hami is going to be out. So, neither of those can, guys can take a lot of minutes. You figured that Savitas would get those. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe Dwayne Casey has something up his sleeve and he doesn't even see the, any minutes tonight. But I, I assume that he's going to play. I'm, I'm going to assume with those guys out even more now. Even more so, he'll he'll get some minutes tonight, hopefully. That's what I'd like to see. But to end off this podcast, I, like I told you guys, I'm going to give my prediction for what the Pistons end up. Their season. How many games from here on out they win. So we'll go game by game. Tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. I got the Pistons losing. Memphis Grizzlies are trying to make these playoffs. They're trying to make this play-in. They need to win every game they possibly can. So they have some extra motivation coming into this game. Now the thing that is going to worry me about this game. Is the fact that they're coming in off a back-to-back. A game where they just had to play the Minnesota Timberwolves tooth and nail to the wire. I'm assuming that Jeremy... uh, Not Jeremy Grant. John Morant... Played a ton of minutes, because like I said, he had like, what was it, 42 points? Yeah, no, he had 37 points and 10 assists. I'm assuming he had to play a ton of minutes for him to get to that, especially with the game being as close as it was. They scored, it was 139-135. to 135. I'm going to assume that <laughs> there was a lot of minutes played for a lot of these starters over there in Memphis. So that one thing is kind of scary to me. But I think Memphis clearly has the best player on the floor in John Morant. They probably have the next few best players on the floor. And they have reasons to win this game, obviously. They're not one of those teams tiering on both ends that don't really care. They are playing to make this play-in. They need to remain where they're at. I think they're at the eighth seed right now. I'm sure they would not like to fall any farther. They actually would try get, like to have a chance to even go higher if they can, actually. Actually, you know what? Let me go check that. Can they even get up higher? I don't know. I think they would have to... Yeah, they're at the eighth seed right now. They're four games behind Portland. I'm pretty sure it would take some heroics for them to get catch up, or three and a half games behind Portland. I'm pretty sure it would take a lot for them to catch up. A lot of help from Portland. But either way, they don't want to fall any farther than that and possibly fall out the plan. So they have a reason to play. I think Memphis wins today. Next game we got is going to be against the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not going to spend much time on this one. 76ers should beat the Pistons because they're way better. They're one of the best teams in the league. They should just destroy the Pistons. If they can't beat the Pistons, they suck. They're not going to Eastern Conference Finals. They're not going to the Finals. I don't care if any Philadelphia 76ers fans are listening to this. If you cannot beat the Detroit Pistons at this point in time in this season, you do not deserve to win a playoff series. I'm sorry. So, 76ers should absolutely obliterate the Pistons. It should not be a close game. I don't care if Jeremy Grant returns. It shouldn't be close. Next game, we got the Chicago Bulls. Now, I think the Bulls, who just had Zach Levine come back, they are still in the hunt, I believe, for the playoff. How close are they to the play? Actually, let me check. I should have just... This, this. Let me just keep the standings right in front of me. So, right now... To get into the play-in, they are currently three and a half games behind Washington. Okay, not looking good for Chicago. I think they're going to still fight for it, but they're going to need help from Washington. Uh, So, God, what happened, Chicago, man? You guys made this trade. You guys are supposed to be closer than this. Either way, they're going to have Zach Levine back now after his COVID absence, and I think they're going to come out with a vengeance. Obviously, they're going to try to finish out the season strong and try to do everything they can to make it to where they did what they could to try to make this play-in. And like I said, I think the Pistons have no reason to win any games. I highly doubt Jimmy Grant even plays in this game. Meaning, I think the Bulls walk away with the dub here. Chicago, if you want to make the playoffs, please beat the Pistons here. You should beat them. You guys are better right now. Please do it. Next game, the Timberwolves. Like I mentioned earlier, I think the Pistons lose against the Timberwolves because the Timberwolves are trying to prove something to the cat, They want to prove that they have something there and there's something to believe in so they don't have to trade him or that he doesn't ask for a trade or eventually want out of there. So I think Minnesota is going to walk out of there with a win. Cat should obliterate the Pistons, quite honestly. Seriously, he should dominate them. So should Anthony Edwards, and so should D'Angelo Russell. Specifically, Cat. Cat should literally have a field day. He should drop like 40-something on the Pistons. If he doesn't, come on, man. Please. We need the tank. Please. Next game. Against the Nuggets. The Pistons should absolutely lose against the Nuggets as well. There's no reason for me to believe unless the Nuggets completely set all of their players, which I don't think they're going to do because they're in a tight race for like one of the seedings at the top of the conference. I refuse to believe they're going to do that. So... Unless they sit Nikola Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gornard, every single player they got, there's no reason they should lose with the Pistons. So I got the Pistons losing that one too. The Miami Heat is to be decided again on when they're going to play this game. But whenever they do, Miami also is jacking for seeding in the Eastern Conference. They're just a better team. It's the last game of the Pistons' season. I highly doubt the Pistons give even a single damn about this final season game. So they also lose that game. So thankfully... According to Kuka Hill, if it goes how Ku predicts it, every Pistons fan should be happy because I have them losing the rest of the games of the season. So they'd lose one, two, three, four, five, six. They go 0 and 6 to end the season. And that would be the best case possible because that means there is no way they would move below second, I believe, if that's the case. Because they have it right now, so they'd have to win a game, I believe, right? For them to fall. That means they would have the second best odds in the lottery. And that's how Kuka Hill is predicted. I'm predicting them to lose every game from here on out. And honestly, if any of these teams lose to the Pistons, they should be ashamed of themselves because each one of them have reasons to win. They're not one of these taking teams. Each one of these teams have reasons to win. So I don't I don't get why any of them would not win against a taking Pistons team. So whatever. I predict 0-6. You guys can tweet me if I'm wrong. Like after one of the games, you guys can tease me about it. But if I'm right, like I said about Jeremy Grant only playing two games, I will be coming back in this podcast and letting you guys know that I was indeed right. And you guys all... We'll get my cash app, and you guys have to send me a dollar. No, I'm trolling, but for real, if I'm right, I am going to brag about it. But anyways, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. That's all I've got for you guys today. Make sure you guys send in your submissions for the Kool-Aid segment tomorrow on Friday. It might be a crossover event with one of our other Locked On podcasts. I don't know yet. I'll let you guys know on Twitter, so make sure you guys follow me at MBA. But make sure you guys send me those Kool-Aid segments or submissions either way because Kool-Aid segment will be happening on Friday no matter what whether it's a crossover or not. I know you guys love that segment. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.